The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one of whom I said, A man is coming after me who ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. I did not know him, but the reason why I came baptizing with water was that he might be made known to Israel. John testified further, saying, I saw the Spirit come down like a dove from heaven and remain upon him. I did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, On whomever you see the Spirit come down and remain, he is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. First, back to the basics. Last week we had the statement about the resurrection of Jesus, the bodily resurrection, and indeed the church says Jesus bodily rose from the dead. Uh, so if you went into the tomb, the body wasn't there. Now, it wasn't just a resuscitated body, it was a glorified body, but still had physicality to it. And St. Paul says if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then our faith is meaningless. So the correct answer was true, Jesus did rise bodily. How many of you remember from the early 70s, it was one of the first BBC masterpiece theater shows called Upstairs, Downstairs? Okay, a few. You can still watch it on TV, a wonderful, wonderful show. How many of you are familiar with Downton Abbey? Okay, many more. Um, we're fascinated with this upstairs, downstairs stuff. You know, you have the quality. That's what they referred to the, the nobility as the quality, which I guess means those downstairs with the inequality, right? But the quality, oh, my dear, what kind of wine are we going to have this evening? <laughs> then downstairs, blimey, let's have another piece of that mutton. <laughs> and you look at these shows and you wonder, you know, who, who's happier? Who's having more fun? Despite the fact that the downstairs servants, you know, had a difficult life. They were at the beck and call of the master. They had to wait up. If he or she didn't come back until 2, you better be waiting at 2 o'clock to greet them. So their life was not their own. And you see these stories of how they had a day off. They went to the beach, and they really enjoyed it. Now, there's something about the simplicity of life and enjoying simple things. But anyway, the idea of servant... That's what these shows are all about. They give an idea of people who have come from generations of professional servants, and they serve the upstairs folk, the nobility. And, you know, you wonder if the nobility knew even how to tie a tie or button their buttons without their servants. But these servants gave their everything for their masters, and they took pride in it. They took pride that they were good servants and that the master hopefully appreciated them. And it's the same type of image that we have in Scripture. Like today, we are servants. You know, we're not the quality, we're not the, 
the upstairs folk, we're called to be the downstairs folk. And they're the ones that keep the buildings going, the mansions going. Without them, everything would fall apart. And it's the same with us as Christians, we are called to be servants. The first reading from Isaiah, it says that from his mother's womb, before he was born, he was called to be a servant. That's true with all of us. Again, we're called not to be nobility or the lords and ladies, but we're called to be servants. Servants of whom? The master, God. That's our call. And we are called to do it well, to keep thinking this is our call, to follow the Lord no matter what, to serve him, to serve his will, to serve his people. And again, no matter what the cost is. And even Jesus says, we read it a couple of weeks ago, the servant comes in from working all day, doesn't expect to sit down and eat, but rather make sure the master has his food, then the servant can have some food. And Jesus says at the end of the day, just say, well, I did my best and I'm just a worthless servant. Now that's kind of hard to hear, and yet our glory is in how we serve, how we serve one another. And if you look at Jesus, who is the epitome of servanthood, he gave everything. He, he wasn't the quality. He didn't lord it over people. He didn't own anything. He didn't have people at his beck and call. Yes, he had his supporters. He had his community, which we're supposed to have too, that helped him out and he helped them out. But there was never this sense of, you're just here to tie the sandals on my feet, but rather you're here to be my partners, to be my brothers and sisters, to be my, my co-servants uh, in the world. And we read again in Paul this wonderful hymn that says, Jesus became not just a servant, but a slave. The translation of the Greek is slave, so think of it, the almighty, all-powerful God condescending to become a slave. So if there was a third level of downstairs, that's where Jesus would have been, upstairs, downstairs, and subterranean, and that's where Jesus is supporting everybody above him. And that's the model we have as servants of the Lord, not to count the cost or expect us to be served but rather to serve willingly. Now, of course, what does Jesus say? If we are good slaves, good servants, one day we will be served at the kingdom's table. We will be served. We will have this joy and fulfillment that we don't find in this world. But in the meantime, and it's, I would say in this country, in our day and age, where we all want to have the American dream and want this and want that and be able to do this, that, it's hard to hear that that's really meaningless unless we use everything we have as a way of serving God and serving our brothers and sisters. So, what do we have and how are we using it to serve others? I think we all will say, and if you don't, you're a liar, we have more than we need, right? You know, look at our, our cupboards, our closets at home, the number of rooms we have. We're given those things so that we can be good servants, not to hoard it, not to keep it to ourselves, but rather to see how we can share it with others. 
Because again, that's our call. We're called to be servants. So in Christianity, the word servant or slave is a good word. And we become good servants or good slaves willingly. God doesn't coerce us into it. He doesn't say, I won't love you if you don't do it. But he says, be like me. Be like me. And you will see the way to heaven. Be like me, a slave, a servant, who constantly is going out into the world in order to proclaim the gospel, to heal people, to feed people. And John the Baptist is another good example of that. He left everything, went into the desert, and his sole purpose, besides telling people, get ready, get ready for the Messiah, repent, his purpose was primarily to point Jesus out when he came, the Messiah. So his servanthood was wrapped up in waiting patiently for the Messiah, and when he came, and he says, this is really what fulfilled my call as a prophet, to point him out. There he is, folks. There's the Messiah. Stop following me. Start following him. So as servants, it doesn't mean we're not going to be good leaders. Not at all. Good servants are good leaders. And we have that phrase, servant leadership. Because the more we serve one another, the more other people are going to say, geez, i got to do that too. So we're leading other people into the type of servanthood and slavery that Jesus used and lived in his life so that we can follow in his path. So I think that word servant's a good word to think about maybe this week in prayer. How am I doing as a servant of the Lord? How am I doing as a slave? Am I always at the beck and call of the Holy Spirit? Do I listen to the promptings of the Spirit? Do I even go further and say, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z as a servant? I'm going to look for people to serve. I am going to willingly do things that I might not feel comfortable with, but I know I can do them because I've been equipped, empowered by God to do them. So we're all called to be faithful servants and a community too. If you, you look at those shows, the people downstairs seem to have a great life together. They were, you know, they, they laugh together and, and joke together. They went on vacation together. So that's a good community image. So as servants, we also have to have that community. We have to be able to depend on one another. We have to serve one another so that we can be better servants in the world. So how are we servants? What are we called to do to be servants? What do we need to do to change so that we can be better servants of God? And again, the whole point of it is that God wants us to be one with him in this life and the next life. And the journey in this life is to be a good servant. So again, as we go forth, think of how you are called to be a servant, how you're doing that. <clears throat> what do you need to practice? What do you need to learn so that you can better serve other people? So other people will be led into servanthood in the name of Jesus Christ, so that we all one day will share with the Lord at the banquet in heaven, where we will find all the joy that God wants us to have. But here and now, we're servants. And how are we doing in terms of being God's servants?